Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Performer on Record, the official podcast of Performer Magazine. Brought to you each and every time by our premier sponsor, Elixir Strings. Um, welcome to the podcast. If you haven't listened before, thanks for joining us. If you're a repeat listener, thanks so much. And if you wouldn't mind, please leave us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts and whatever podcast service you use. That would help us out a lot. If you're not familiar with Performer Magazine, we are a trade publication for working musicians. Uh, we like to cover any topic from music business to career advice to gear reviews to recording tips and pretty much everything in between. Uh, under normal circumstances, we would cover things like touring advice as well. But, uh, you know, if you're listening to this in contemporary times, you know that touring is kind of at a standstill. If you're listening in the future, uh, hopefully that makes no sense. Hopefully we're, we're back on track and touring has resumed. But that's kind of a general sense of who we are. You can check us out at performermag.com. My name is Ben. I am the editor of Performer Magazine and your host. Uh, in the future, we're actually going to be joined by a couple of guest hosts. We're going to try things out so you don't have to listen to my voice the entire time. But for now, you're stuck with me. Again, this is episode seven. So go back through the archives on whatever podcast service you uh, prefer. Check out the first couple. We've got some really great interviews with guests like Ben Queller uh, and some music industry professionals from the likes of Harmon, uh, giving you some great tips on home recording. So anyway, enough of that. Um, let's get into this show. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit later on to a really great L.A. singer-songwriter named Abigail Fierce, uh, who we recently worked with uh, on a video partnership uh, in conjunction with Elixir Strings. We had Abigail string up with some new Elixir phosphor-coated bronze strings on her acoustic. She did a number of really awesome videos for us. So if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, uh, go do a quick search, Performer Magazine on YouTube. You can see Abigail's videos. We'll talk to her about that and about her career and so much more coming up. But before we get into that, let's kind of address the state of things. Um, We've got a new administration in office, so regardless of what your political leanings are, I think everyone can probably agree that it's uh, maybe time for a refresh of uh, what, we're got, what we've got going on in this country. Um, as you probably know, if you're listening again in contemporary times, January 6th saw quite a bit of violence at the Capitol, so we're, uh, you know hopefully moving on as a nation, uh, hopefully starting to, to heal and get over that. Hopefully this vaccine will, will come to fruition and, and really help us get back on track. You know, as far as the music industry is concerned, obviously NAM was canceled. That was supposed to be last week. Uh, did sort of a virtual version of it, which I have mixed feelings on. If you'd like to hear them, uh, great. If not, skip ahead about five minutes. Um, NAM this year was uh, odd. Um, I, I know the organizers work their hardest to make it an experience, um, but the act of not physically going to a convention center and walking around and seeing what's new and getting you know a tactile, hands-on uh, experience with, with new gear and new products, especially for me, things like guitars and keyboards and recording equipment, it's just, it's just not the same. And I, and I know they really tried hard to schedule things and program really cool. Um, video content and, and webinars and new product announcements, but it's just not the same without that in-person connection. Um, as far as we're concerned, you know, we do a lot of business there. We we work with clients. We, we give them kind of a rundown on how their year went. We talk to them about upcoming promotions we'd like to do with their new products, editorial type of things. So that's harder to do um, over a Zoom call. 
you know and, and i know again everybody was trying to do their best but it's just it's uh it's not it's not a wonderful experience uh and i think a lot of manufacturers are probably i hate to say this probably gonna realize how little roi there is on the actual trade show itself uh it used to be a place where you would sign up business you know you get retailers and dealers on board for your new products and you sign orders you know there on the spot um and, and now i mean there is some of that but really it's a glorified product announcement showcase and and i think a lot of manufacturers are realizing well we're spending you know some of them are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to go probably going to start to realize well that's a line item in our budget that maybe we can better spend elsewhere and just send out press releases when new products are out and put up a demo video or, or have artists put up demo videos when the product drops i i think a lot of manufacturers this year having not gone maybe realize that I, I don't know how much the actual convention is doing for their bottom line so that's one takeaway uh you know, I'm not a manufacturer, so take that for what it's worth. If you are a manufacturer and you have different opinions on, on NAM's value to you, great. Um, I've heard off the record from probably half a dozen companies that they're just not seeing what the value is now that they've gone without it and, and gone without the expense and the hassle of taking a week off work and the travel and the lodging and the food expenses and the booth and all of that stuff. Um, so... Remains to be seen. I don't even know if Summer Nam is happening this year. Uh, I don't think we've got an official announcement on that yet. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, I don't know what people's plans are going to be in July. It's only January right now. So if things are able to open up again, maybe we'll see people in Nashville. Maybe not. Um, maybe we'll see people again in Anaheim next year. My guess is if it's open, um, we'll probably see a lot fewer people, a lot fewer exhibitors. Um, but that's just my take on it. The virtual thing wasn't super awesome for me partly because and here's one of the main things you, you know when we fly out to nam we we generally have to take a week off work you know um i have to push back you know deadlines and everything a week because i've still got a magazine to run and manufacturers you know they've still got equipment to produce they've still got marketing initiatives to run so a lot of them are sort of quasi taking a week off even though they're still working this was different in that i didn't take a week off work you know i still scheduled my normal workday in my calendar and everything so for me there wasn't a lot of quote-unquote participation in this believe in music week you know i tried to catch webinars as i could but you know i had other things going on i had a full-time workload for the magazine still you know i didn't take a week off and plan my day around the nam programming grid uh and plan to to sit and watch you know video presentations all day long um just just wasn't gonna happen i don't think that was even realistic so yeah, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. It was mixed. Uh, I didn't love it. I didn't hear from a lot of people who, who did love it. Um, other than, you know, the saving of the expenses part of it that that I think a lot of people loved. Um, but tell us what you think. Did, did you participate, quote unquote, in the Believe in Music experience? I hate to put quotes around everything, but quote unquote experience. Did you like it? Did you get anything out of it? Did you present a video? Did anybody watch it? Um, a lot of this stuff is kind of archived behind a, you know, a password system so i don't know if anybody's even going to see a lot of that content or if you're a manufacturer are you just going to send out press releases when new products drop and and that's going to be the plan do you need nam anymore is nam important to you um tell us what you think send us an email you know i'd love to hear people's thoughts even if you want to be off record um and you want to give me a call 
Uh, if you're a manufacturer or an advertiser that we work with and you don't want to be on record as saying anything disparaging or negative, um, let me know because I'd just be interested to hear what other people's thoughts were. We saw a lot of cool stuff announced. EVH has some really awesome guitars that I'm drooling over. Um, PRS uh, announced some new SE models, which are awesome. There's a pink flame top SE Custom 24 that I'm going to try to sneak into uh, the house without anybody noticing. Um, but other than that, what's been going on with me, I've been kind of rearranging my home office because it looks like this is going to be a more permanent situation than I think anybody realized last year. Um, trying to set up the home studio as best as I can so I can still conduct magazine business. Uh, as you know, we get a lot of products sent to us for review. So I test out a lot of things here. I send out a lot of stuff to the real world recording community for their feedback and their reviews. We have a senior uh, product reviewer here who I give products to. But for me, I've just been rearranging my keyboards and getting all that stuff kind of set up into my interface and mixer and um, really been drooling over the new MPC-1. I know a lot of people um, kind of have mixed feelings on it. It doesn't include a battery, doesn't have speakers. The speaker thing, who cares? You'd be either using headphones or plugging it into studio monitors anyway. So for me, I, I don't really need built-in speakers. It's kind of useless. The built-in battery thing is nice if you're going, you know, portable, but you know, that whole idea of someone making beats, you know, on a park bench is kind of a romanticized version. I think a lot of people are, are using it in a studio situation or in a bedroom or, you know, at a desk anyway. So having to plug it into, you know, wall power isn't a big deal for me. Again, your mileage might vary, but the MPC one versus the MPC live, which costs about 1300 bucks. It's almost twice the price, I think, um, to include that battery and slightly, slightly larger, finger pads not a deal breaker for me i'll take the cost savings and i'll plug it into the wall because who cares um but i have really been looking at that not because i'm into any sort of you know hip-hop production at all but i've been doing more dawless stuff and you know for lack of a better four track system because those aren't even made anymore um the npc is really intriguing because you can record all your sequences uh, string them together into a fully produced song and even export it to a DAW if you want. You can explode all the tracks and you've got seemingly endless MIDI capabilities. Um, it, it works as a hardware sequencer, arpeggiator. A lot of my synths don't have sequencers or arpeggiators built in. So be able to do that from a control center would be awesome. Send out MIDI signals to a number of different synths at once. Um, record, I think, up to eight audio tracks, which is really all I would need for my little rinky dink productions um it's looking really attractive so hey if anyone knows anyone at akai i've been trying to get them to send us one for a year for review we'll do a video on it we'll do anything you want um yeah we'd, we'd love to get our hands on one just to to see it in action i did get a presentation of one uh by someone who's pretty advanced um on on the software and everything and it just looks like it would be something i'd be into and i think if we demoed it in the right way, something that a lot of maybe non-hip-hop and non-electronic artists would be into too, because it does have a lot of really great functionality for songwriters, I think, that maybe is an untapped market. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's what's been going on. The Nam thing, the me lusting over the MPC-1. Uh, I love the gold edition. It's kind of blingy. <laughs> uh, a lot of people think it's gaudy, but hey, go big or go home, I guess. Um, I'd deck out everything in gold if I could. Why not? 
Anyway, that's enough of me rambling. Let's take a quick break. Let's hear uh, from our sponsor. And then we will go into an interview with Abigail Fierce, uh, again, who we featured in some uh, promotional videos that we did in conjunction with Elixir Strings. She did an awesome job. We'll hear from her. We'll come back. We'll hear more rambling from me on my latest other obsession. Uh, if you haven't noticed a trend, I have a lot of obsessions. We'll wrap up the episode and we'll call it a day. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. And let's get to our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by our premier sponsor, Elixir Strings. We only use Elixir Strings here at Performer because their protective coating keeps our guitar strings full of life better than any other brand we've ever tried. And when we're reviewing stomp boxes, amps, effects units, recording gear each and every month, we don't want anything distracting us from the job, like the hassle and expense of constantly changing out our gross corroded strings. And we know you don't want anything getting in the way of making your music either. So say goodbye to corrosion and dirt and gunk and sweat and oil buildup with Elixir Strings. Their proprietary featherweight coating acts as a barrier against tone-killing buildup on your guitar and bass strings, allowing you to get lost in the music. For more info, it's easy. Just head to elixirstrings.com, check out our YouTube channel for some awesome demos from real-world guitarists like you, and stay tuned for more in the months ahead as we do some really cool, interesting projects with our friends at Elixir Strings. Now back to the show. All right, we are back, and we're going to jump right into our interview with LA's Abigail Fierce. Stay tuned. So we are here with Abigail Fierce, uh, a singer-songwriter from Los Angeles, who was our most recent Elixir Strings Artist of the Month. Welcome to the show, Abigail. Hi. <laughs> Do you prefer to be called Abigail, Abby? Is there anything that... Uh... Abigail, actually. Okay, no Abby. Yeah, no Abby. <laughs> All right. So we're here with Abigail. And um, I think our audience, um, for those who have seen you on our YouTube channel, may want to learn a little bit more about um, your background in music, kind of what you're up to now, maybe what's ahead in the future as far as your career goes. So maybe if we can take it back. I know you're from L.A. now, but are you originally from Los Angeles or did you move there? No, originally I was born in Louisville, Kentucky, and we okay. moved here when I was about 12 or 13. Um and I started pursuing acting and uh, I always loved music and wanted to do music, but it wasn't until I became homeschooled that I had like time to really hone in on that and work on practicing guitar and songwriting and all that. Um, but it's so funny because both of my parents are in like science fields. So music was not a thing in our house okay. <laughs> at all. And um, you know, like we didn't, they didn't, know anything about that until I started playing guitar and then it was the sound they would hear for up to like six hours every day you know <laughs> so um I think that was a big like learning curve for them <laughs> so I was going to ask if you moved to LA for music but it sounds like your parents were not involved in the arts at all <laughs> well we did kind of move for the acting because my, my mom thank god I love her she's very supportive and she has um really learned a lot with me in this career but originally they were like you know like when I said I wanted to be an actor they're like I think it's pronounced doctor <laughs> um, so that close it's close, yeah, close. <laughs> but it took some persuading but we're here. I think as an actor you can play a doctor right yeah you can play a doctor and I've I have maybe some more um 
ideas on how to be a, a more logical brained person <laughs> from them, but I'm naturally not that. So you come out to LA and you're interested in pursuing the acting thing. Now, does music come along for you kind of at the same time or is that a little bit after or how does that sort of get into your life as far as guitar playing and songwriting and all that stuff? I guess I started playing ukulele um, before I came out here for acting, but it was something that I had to, um, like my singing voice and all that, I had to work hard at to like hone, um, hone in on. And so when I, I'd say a couple of years after I came out here is when I like wrote a song and I felt like, okay, well maybe I could do this. And I kept working on it and working on it. And eventually after being out here and pursuing the acting at the same time and just kind of practicing the, music, but maybe not pursuing it professionally. I kind of, kind of felt like I'm finally ready to put out, put some music out there. And I'd been putting out covers for a couple of years now, but it was like, mm-hmm. I think my stuff's ready to go. Yeah. So you got to the point where your own songwriting um, was kind of the thing that was propelling you forward yeah. in your career. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it was always for me, it was more about like being a songwriter singer than a singer songwriter. <laughs> so... When you and I kind of first traded emails back and forth um, when we were planning the Elixir Strings thing, you had either mentioned to me or maybe I saw it on your website um, that for your recordings, you play the majority of the instruments, I think, except drums. Is that right? Yes, I play all the instruments on my tracks except the drums, which are programmed as of now. Eventually, I'd like to bring in a real drummer. (laughs) Yeah, maybe when the world opens up again and studio space is not locked down. (laughs) For for those listening in the future, uh, we're in the tail end of 2020, and um, it's, you know, kind of apocalypse times, but, you know. It's a horror movie, but... Things are maybe getting better, fingers crossed. Yeah, we're Uh, living through it. (laughs) We're we're gonna we're gonna get by. There's a new year on the horizon. Uh, hopefully, new things happening. Yeah, but that that would be great if you could, you know, incorporate a live. Now, do you have live drums when you perform live, um, or how does that work for you? You're doing mostly acoustic shows. I do mostly acoustic. Well, I did mostly acoustic. Right. Shows. And then this year, in the pandemic, is kind of when it like all my original music kind of came together, and I was recording, and I'm like, now I would be ready to play live shows, but it's all shut down. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you could take us through your songwriting process because um, Performer is a magazine and a website primarily aimed at musicians. So one of the things we like to do is kind of get into the creative headspace of the artists that we talk to. So if you could walk us through maybe how a typical song evolves uh, for you from the initial writing phase, even up through how it's ultimately recorded, I think that would be really interesting to learn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love, the thing I love about writing songs is that every time you do it, it's different. But I'd say for me, the majority of the time is that it starts with the lyrics. I'm a lyric person. That's always been the most important part to me and what I connect to in a song. Um, I'd say the best songs start when I'm just like playing something on my guitar and I just start singing something and the melody matches and I run with it. But I'd say a lot of times too, it'll start where I'll just write like pages of lyrics and then piece together a story from that. Um, and then work on the music and melody and all that. And I always start with uh, the acoustic guitar, even if I'm writing an electric guitar part or whatever, it's always yeah. on the acoustic. Um, and then I go into the studio and I rec- I take, I block like a four hour session to, um, practice, uh, to, uh, play, lay down the acoustic guitar and vocals. And then that's mm-hmm. like the, the foundation for it. Gotcha. Um, then, uh, we go in there and I, throw on all the other stuff and we play around and 
figure out what you know what sounds good um do electric guitar and bass and all that and then well i guess maybe sometimes we program the drums first just as like a little sample you know to see what what's going and then we everything up and try to make it sound um you know finished (laughs) so it sounds like you're actually doing a little bit of the arrangement in the studio too before you before you lay down the track um it's interesting because we hear a lot of different approaches where artists will have the track fully worked out down to the last note before they ever hit the studio and then there's a lot of artists that we talk to who have the idea for the song and you know the foundation like you said and they'll head into the studio and then they'll kind of work it out while they're in the recording is that is that kind of your process did you say yeah i liked and then because you know sometimes i feel like you know you might is it good part or something sounds really good and you hear it and you're like oh no <laughs> you know like i gotta fix that um and i think that's maybe more of how my brain works or it's just keep layering until it feels right <laughs> i feel you know um but sometimes i'll have like maybe the what idea i want like a bass part to be or something here and there and go in but for the most part it's all done in the studio Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I know the other half of your professional career outside of music is is acting. So maybe you could catch up um, the folks who are listening on some of the things that you're currently involved with or maybe some of the things they won't have most recently seen you and that they could catch you on. Well, most recently, I was in a couple episodes of the new Hulu show, Love, Victor. Um, Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, that <laughs> helped my social media go off. And I love talking to the fans of Love, Victor on there. They're all so sweet. And they made little fan art for my character. And <laughs> like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, you know? Very cool. Um, and, you know, things because of the coronavirus have kind of been shut down. But auditions sure. are starting back up. So hopefully projects will be coming back in. But I think um, being an actress has helped me be a better songwriter and being a, a writer has helped me be a better actor. Um, that's, that's interesting. Why, why do you say that? Cause um, I don't deal with a lot of people who do both. So I'd be interested in learning more. I think um, being a, being an actress helps me be a performer. Cause it's like, if I have to do or if I'm performing live, like I'm used to being in front of a camera and having people tell me like, okay, move a little bit. So you're this angle and it doesn't, I'm used to it. So like, if I had to do that, you know, if I'm like performing live or whatever, it doesn't throw me off that you have, that to, makes like, sense. Sure. you know, but then being a writer, I think helps me be a better actress because it's like, I have, being a songwriter, I spend a lot of time thinking about my emotions and like as an actress, right. I have them all on the table. And it's like I can pull from them because it's like I've pinpointed them and thought about them so much, you know, like exactly what someone would be feeling in that moment or whatever and pull it in. And then I think as a because I'm a songwriter, I can kind of understand maybe a writer's vision of what they're going for because I've been in that place. And then, but I think it's really fun to be a an artist because or perform um how am i saying this um <laughs> to be a artist a music musical artist because it can be whatever you want it to be like when you're an actress it's all about making other people's vision sure. Come to sure. um but then as a songwriter it can be whatever you want it to be <laughs> well that makes sense that's that's really interesting i wonder if more musicians might benefit from maybe not pursuing acting full-time but even taking acting classes so they can learn how to tap into different emotions even musicians who write in character in quotes um, might might learn something 
you know, because it all doesn't have to be about you. I've some of my favorite songs are written from another viewpoint other than the songwriters. That's, so. Yeah, that's something I did a lot when I first started writing. I would have these um, auditions or callbacks for roles that like ultimately I wouldn't get, but I would I would get into that headspace and like become attached to it in a way where I would want to write as this person and I would write a song in that in that mindset and it's kind of it it helped me get into character and it's it's kind of a weird push and pull back and forth between them yeah no that that totally makes sense um normally what i ask people is kind of what they're working on for the next uh future foreseeable future in their careers but with everything up in the air right now we've been getting wildly different responses we've had artists who are basically saying, I'm not feeling creative, I'm not doing anything. We've had artists who are like, I've been locked down for eight months, I've got like four albums recorded because I've had nothing else to do. So I'd be interested to learn kind of with of the filming shut down a lot, where you're at sort of in your creative headspace with the music. Have you been doing a lot of music? Do you plan on releasing a lot in the next year? Um, where, where are you kind of at and what do you think's on the horizon as far as that part of your... Uh, career goes in the next say 12 months I have not, some, that, <laughs> not that what, <laughs> not that anybody can predict what is going to happen in the next oh, 12 yeah, months no but I, I yeah I have, I have somewhat of an idea sure. I like, you know I'm I'm always like a my mind is very busy so I like to have some sort of a plan or feel sure. like I have some sort of a plan um I have a, a little, you know, a couple acting things in the works, but can't really talk about yet. And then as for music, I, um, I, I do plan on releasing more in the next year. Um, when quarantine first happened, I was very creative and I wrote like 10 songs in a couple weeks, you know, and then I was like, um, then the Love Victor aired and I was busy working on, or, you know, working on all that, the, Sure. my Instagram and all that promotional stuff, you know? Um, and then I started working so much on all of the releasing my music and getting all that, all of the business aspect of that. Um, but I think the next year will be more of that and more recording and getting all that out. And I think the more I record, the more creative I feel, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. so now do you have a home recording set up now or do you um, exclusively work in the studio? I exclusively work in the studio because I live in a small apartment, so I don't have much, you know, like, um, and I like to, I always write songs at night and I get noise complaints from me. <laughs> I try to be quiet, you know. <laughs> that, that would maybe make having a home studio a little difficult, I suppose. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, people have done it. I don't know. Uh, God bless them for, for, for doing it. Um, I know people in both camps folks who can make records in a bedroom and folks who just for whatever reason you know mm -hmm. it doesn't work for them so mm -hmm. i think whatever works go for it yeah right yeah well, <laughs> um that that really brings me kind of to the end of our uh chat here um i'm glad we got a chance to learn a little bit more about where you're coming from hopefully where you're going is there anything else that our audience should know um about Abigail Fierce, the musician or the actor, uh, before we sign off? Um, I think you got the basics for today. <laughs> Follow me online at AK Fierce. You can see more about me, including my wacky sense of humor. 
Um, but thank you so much for having me. I've had a fun time and I've had fun corresponding with you all over the last couple months and loved, you know, stringing up for Elixir and all that. So absolutely. So if you're listening and you haven't had a chance yet, um, please go to our YouTube channel because Abigail's made uh, two really fantastic videos for us um, with the Elixir strings that we sent out. And one of them is a full music video. Um, which is really cool. So you get a chance to actually hear a full song performance uh, from her. Uh, both of those are at the Performer Mag YouTube channel, so we can link to those below in the podcast description. But Abigail, thank you so much for hopping on with us here and, and talking with us today. And hopefully we'll have a chance to work with you again real soon. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. So that was our conversation with Abigail Fierce. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, head to our YouTube channel. Just search for performermagazine.com and you'll see Abigail's videos up there along with uh, hundreds of videos that we've made over the years for different products, gear, uh, all sorts of stuff. Which brings us to another point. If you are interested in helping us out with our YouTube channel, um, reviewing any of the gear that we get in, our friends at IK Multimedia have sent us a bunch of really cool creator tools, um, USB microphones, uh, small portable interfaces, all sorts of stuff to help with the AV production. So we have products here that we need demoed. Um, we can send them to you. They're yours to keep along with some of the IK tools to help you make the videos. Drop us an email, ben at performermag.com. Let us know if you're interested. We can talk about how to set that up and what products you might want to get from us. Um, but that's one of the other things that we do here all the time. So keep an eye out on our social media channels uh, for more info on that as it comes up. But yeah, if you're interested, drop me an email. We'll take a look at that. I did mention earlier I was going to touch upon one of my other obsessions uh, since we've been kind of locked down this year. And that is the wonderful uh, obsolete mini disc format. Um, I will not waste your time here gushing about it. I will spend the entirety of episode eight <laughs> probably telling everybody why I love Minidiscs so much and why I've reconnected with it uh, over this last probably 11, 12 month period while I've been home more. Um, so stay tuned for that if you have any interest in learning more about probably my favorite format other than vinyl. It may have even overtaken vinyl in my heart. Um, but that'll do it for now. Um, again, my name has been Ben. I'm the editor of Performer Magazine. Head to performermag.com for more. Thanks again to our sponsor, Elixir Strings, and our interview subject, Abigail Fierce. Stay tuned next time as we talk to wonderful guitarist and singer-songwriter Katie Pruitt and also the fantastic Early James. That'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.